Meanwhile, in the pod cave. Another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. And I'm Alex. And I'm Alex. Done. All I'm right. Done. Uh, Alex, I think last time we uh, spoke to you, maybe you had uh, finals that you were working on and uh, whatever term papers or whatever those things are called. Everything's out of the yeah. way now. You can re- finally focus on, on the podcast, right? Exactly. I, I am now um, a full-time pod man um, for the rest of the summer. It's, it's a real <laughs> right. pleasure. Just take that, Jacob. Yeah, just, <laughs> just what Jacob, Jacob did not want to hear. You ain't taking my spot no longer. No, no. Well, I did, <laughs> see, I did see in the rundown that Jacob wanted to give us some sort of a secret menu idea of his <laughs> at some point. So uh, that may be worth to, to That may be worth uh, <laughs> having him back on the show for. Everybody loves Five Guys. Uh, Five Guys, the unofficial sponsor of the Podmen. I mean, has Jacob been able to secure that yet for us? Not yet. So how's he like his job? Does he like his job? He likes it. He's uh, he's quitting it. Well, he's not quitting it. (laughs) (laughs) He likes it. Yeah, well, he's got to go. He's uh, Chick Fil A hired him too, so now he's going to work Sundays at Five Guys because that's his set, you know, the set day off, yep. and then uh, Chick Fil A the the other days. Damn, but they, they told him he, they told him he could keep his job. They're like, well, we'd like for you to stay, so he said he'd work Sundays for him. Well, all right, <laughs> that boy's going to be rolling in the money. Maybe he can sponsor the podcast pretty soon. Maybe so. Take notes, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Damn. My kid's got two jobs. Damn, man, knocking it out. Take that. <laughs> and, he's, and he's gunning for yours, Alex. I know. <laughs> the only job I have, and he's trying to take it. Uh, Damn. Uh, looking through the, uh, the the rundown, I'm, I'm trying to look back at uh, the news here. Um, what are we? <laughs> I'm trying we, to got look. A, uh, we got a new Loki teaser. And uh, they uh, moved the uh, launch date from Friday to Wednesday. So that was a, a big uh, – everybody was happy about that. Have we talked about the uh, the Marvel Phase 4 uh, teaser that they put out there a week or so ago? Yeah, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and roll the news theme and get into it. All right, so Marvel Phase 4 coming up hot and heavy with uh, Wakanda Forever and the Marvels. Uh, yeah, and, and no one is excited about Phase 4 yet, quite. <laughs> are the, are we? No, no. I, really, I really am not. I mean, and it's kind of sad, but, I mean, even with that teaser trailer that came out, it was like, meh. Yeah, I mean, the best part of that teaser trailer was the stuff from, uh, from uh, Endgame. You know uh, where it was Cap catching the the 
Yolnir <laughs> uh, and just reliving those Yolnir moments. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there was nothing. I mean, the turtles looked just like what we thought it was going to look like. Just meh. I mean, there's nothing to really get excited about. Yeah, there's about. nothing to latch I mean, onto at all. Well, no. we do have the release schedule, though. So, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Ooh. so I, we, with the entire Phase 4 release schedule. So we got Black Widow, July 9th this year. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in September 3rd. Eternals Thank is November you. 5th. Spider-Man No Way Home is December 17th. So we have four Marvel movies this year. Um, then... Uh, March 25th is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. May 6th is Thor Love and Thunder. July 8th is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. November 11th is Marvel, the Marvels. So we've got four Marvel movies next year. And then they've announced uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania is February 17th. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume 3 is May 5th. Oh. And then Fantastic, uh, these are 2023. Uh <laughs> And Fantastic Four is to be announced. I do think it's cool that Phase Four. They said fa- that Fantastic Four is the end of Phase Four, so that's the Avengers movie that bookends Phase yeah. Four. It's kind of cool since it's Fantastic Four. So I, I just kind of wish that they would have done. Oh no, it showed some of Spider Man or something to get. I think that would have. You there? Yeah, yeah, we're we're all just think, uh, we all feel the no, same way. I, yeah, I just think that that would have gotten somebody something a little like oof or a little excitement. I mean, even even maybe showed you know Alfred Molina, whatever his name is, show his Doc Ock or something, something. But it just kind of I don't know. It fell flat to me. Yeah, nothing really uh, to get excited about. And again, uh, is is the the time of superhero. Movie's over with for for a little while. We've had such a long break of it, and then we've we've had kind of this continual influx of things like Invincible or Jupiter's Legacy, or you know, think you know, there's always been some sort of superhero, you know, kind of something out there. But are we just so burned out from it? And now we've got these kind of uh, you know C and D list Marvel characters that they're flaunting, saying that these are the new superstars, and no one's no one cares about them. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, the, to your point on that, it's like I saw, you know, Miss Miss Marvel's picture, her costume, and and uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and they, they were just kind of blah. I mean, there weren't nothing to get excited. Now that could be just because they're not what I grew up with. You know, they're the right. newest generation. But it, I don't know. It just seemed kind of, just kind of fell flat. Well, for me, I think. And I've said this before, like I've alluded to this before, or flat out said it before. When I look at the release schedule, it's like a lot of these movies are just, hey, we need to make this movie before DC makes it, um, even <laughs> though it's a DC concept. You know, like the uh, the Eternals, they've now canceled New Gods. New Gods is because it's, no it's, one it's gives a shit about New Gods. <laughs> New, nobody gives a shit about the Eternals. Well, that's uh, true. You're right. And, and of, about the two, one of, them. of the two, the new gods is a much better concept and, and came first. So uh, you've got the, the Eternals is, is, was done so that DC couldn't make the new gods. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was done so they could steal the, the thunder from uh, um, uh, Flashpoint, the Flash movie and, and the multiverse stuff. You know, uh, like Marvel has never had a multiverse. But now suddenly they do because, hey, wait a minute, 
we've run out of our own stories. Let's take a look at some of these DC stories and just steal their concepts. So we're running thin on characters and we're running thin on storylines. And so they're just stealing it directly from the competition. I don't know. I mean, concepts, not storylines. Yeah, DC could never really get their shit together anyway. So I mean, that's, that I mean, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it's free game for Marvel to steal the concepts and make movies out of stuff that was DC. I will say this now with Eternals. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to it at all. But I wasn't looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy either, and it turned out to be like one of the best things they've come out, ever come out with, and. Marvel has a way of tying everything in together. And, you know, so it's one of those, you gotta wait and see how they tie it all in. It, you know. Well, here, here's where Alex is going to poke his head in. All right. The the Marvel projects I'm most excited for are Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi Eternals. Is it Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is the correct. Correct pronunciation. Shang Chi, uh, Eternals. Um, those for 2020. I'm more excited for those than I am Black Widow or any of the rest of the DC Disney Plus. Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't. I don't. I. I. I'd much. I'm way more interested in Shang Chi than I am Spider Man No Way Home. Wow. Wow. <laughs> from a strong from a purely, words. From a purely visual standpoint, and from a, a new character that I think is actually interesting and that I've never really, I don't know much about Shang-Chi. I don't know much about the Eternals, so to have new characters that I don't know much about, as a huge lifelong comic book fan for 20 years, <laughs> raised that way, it's cool to <laughs> see characters that I know nothing about be put on the big screen and get to like, experience that along with people. There's a reason yeah. we're getting these characters in Phase 4, not Phase 2. Yeah, and I agree, because <laughs> they're not they're not the most compelling there. They're not phase two material. No, but I, 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 from what I know of Peter Quill and his beginnings as a character, Peter Quill is not the most interesting character to put on paper anyway. He wasn't even a comedic character beforehand. And now, right. I mean, James Gunn really made that more of a comedic type thing. And, you know, the, the last few Marvel yeah, movies and, with, with Thor and, of uh, yep. whatever Ragnarok and, and those, you know, they had there was kind of more of comic booky fun and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and, and so now we're talking about Chloe Zhao, who just won an Oscar for Best Director and Nomadland, her movie just won Best Picture. I'm mo- I'm more interested in seeing that project than I am seeing John Watts do a third Spider-Man movie. Okay. I, I'm more interested to see a, a new, really up and coming, really celebrated director take on some big project and. You know, just a, a another one doing the same thing again. Like, especially because I don't think Peter's consequences at the end of Far From Home are really going to pay off in No Way Home. I, I don't see that really paying off. They've they've made this movie so packed, and so you know what? I'm I'm more looking forward to just two introductions to two new groups of characters. I'd rather see a New Gods movie pers- personally, but I'll take my Eternals movie and I'll go home happy. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, the one person that is kind of holding it all together, I guess, for us a little bit is Loki. Uh, Brian, you mentioned that they're they're changing. When is the uh, premiere date for that? Uh, it went from oh man, June 9th. June 9th. Okay, yeah, so we still got a couple, a little ways to go for that. Uh, did they move it to June seventh though? 
The new date is June seventh. I thought it was June eleventh, and now it's June ninth. Or is it? June, it was June ninth, and now it's June seventh. I think it's June seventh now. Okay. I think it was June ninth. So yeah, yeah we had a, a, a teaser for it, and then the announcement that they were moving it up two days. So it's going to premiere on Wednesdays every week instead of Friday, unless Loki's up to some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Some time yeah. Yeah. shenanigans. I mean, that'd be pretty funny if Loki, like you know, tricked everybody. I mean. He's the trickster god. So what if he announced that it's going to be on Wednesdays and everybody tunes in Wednesdays and he's like, gotcha, it's still on Fridays. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. That, that'd, make, that'd make me want to watch more. Damn you, Disney, you got me again. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, uh, and I guess this may be not necessarily uh, late-breaking news, but um, Brian, you had an epiphany uh, last week that Talia Shire is Jason Schwartzman's mother. Yeah, it, it blew <laughs> so, my mind. I had, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that Talia Shire was Jason Schwartzman's mother. How about that? I really don't know who Jason Schwartzman is. Yeah, uh, Talia Shire's oh. son. That's all you need to know now. That's all I need to know. If you've seen any Wes Rock. Anderson movies. He's at all. You would know. Yeah, well, there you go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wes Anderson movies are good movies. They're not really comic book but movies. they're good. They're good, nonetheless. Uh, Rushmore. Rushmore's a great movie. Yeah. Bill Bill Murray. Alex, do you want to chime in on uh, Wes Anderson movies? On Wes Anderson? Yeah. Uh, great, great. Grand Budapest Hotel is one of the one of the like best movies I've ever seen. Wow, there you go. Um, love that movie. All right, try, uh, try. I still haven't I still haven't seen Isle of Dogs. Uh, but really what about watch. Royal Tenenbaums? I haven't watched Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, Ooh, Royal Tenenbaums I, is the best one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Really? Yeah. I haven't. Oh, yeah. I was really yeah. looking forward to last year, the French Dispatch, but sadly. No, no, no. Royal Tenenbaums is uh, like so. Before Royal Tenenbaums, what was it? Um, oh, and, and Mid, uh, Moonlight Kingdom is good too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Royal Tenenbaums is fantastic with Gene Hackman. You, you got to get your uh, get your PMR to uh, sit down and watch a Wes Anderson movie. He'll he'll never do that. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say Rushmore may be a good introduction. It's not as it's early on in it's, his career. It's not quite as uh, symmetrically Wes Anderson as the later fair, I guess. Symmetric <laughs> is the best term I've ever heard to describe Wes Anderson. What's that? Symmetric is the best term to ever <laughs> describe Wes Anderson. Uh, what else have we had this week? We got a Stranger Things a teaser for next year or something like that, I guess. Uh, How long yeah, has you... that been off the air? I mean, when's the last time we had a season of Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. About the... 2019, July 2019. Yeah, I remember it was 4th of July. That was the big... And no okay, one I came... thought it was longer. I thought Brad, it was like three years ago. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, where are the crickets? Well, where the, the crickets? Time, by the time... There we go. By the time we get the new season, it's going to be like, you know, two and a half years. Well, I saw uh, some article for- where they're, uh, you know, like the, the youngest one is like, you know, 22 now or something like that. <laughs> the kid, there's one right. of them's approaching 30 or something like that. So it's like, yeah, it's, it may be over with. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. I mean, you know, it's like it was I think it had its time, but, you know, it's two years later. It's kind of. I think everybody's kind of done with it. Well, what they could do is like a Goonies. Like, uh, like Goonies it where it's their kids. You know, flash forward. Right. And, you know, something like that. 
I'm I'm getting a little bit worried here. We may have to uh, start changing the theme of the uh, podcast to murder unsolved murder mysteries or something like that because we're I think we're losing steam here on everywhere else. Even uh, a quiet place too. When when (laughs) I I think uh, Krasinski and his old ladies had plenty of time to shoot a couple of Fantastic Four movies in between Quiet Place One and Two, haven't they? Yeah, yeah when's is that coming out next Friday? Is that when that's coming out? No, it's I, later in the month. Oh Lord, can they just? Yeah, it's t- not next Friday. Uh, there's that. There was that also that Jason Statham uh, Guy Ritchie movie that came out. Um, I was planning on watching that and I didn't. Um, yeah. Wow. Nothing. We've got. It's <laughs> a lot. Of Fantastic Four. Oh. The uh, there's they are. Uh, you read this, Brad, that they're currently – apparently they are talks with uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt for Fantastic Four. Yeah. And they've said that they want to do it. But, you know, honestly, like uh, with the – I was thinking with celebrity marriages the way it is, that may not be the best solution. It may be the, the death yeah. of the marriage. It and may plus, be the, the death of the marriage. I mean they've got to be getting kind of too old for it almost. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, too old true. to start a franchise. Kind of like Robert Downey Jr. was probably too old to start Iron Man, but he 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 came in and left kind of at a good place, sort of like. Like if there would have been a couple of more Iron Man movies or something, it would have probably gotten ridiculous, right? Oh, yeah, we got ridiculous. But that's the thing, too, is like with this, if, if, it's, if it doesn't even have a release date yet, they haven't even signed yet, you right. know it's going to be in production for like two years. Right, right. So So – the earliest we're going to see this movie is like 2024 to start <laughs> Fantastic Four. And then, you know, it's not going to be a situation where it's a one and done. They're going to want to do like a trilogy and they're going to want to cross over with the Avengers. And they're going to want to cross. You know. So this would be like a nine picture deal for both of these people to sign to do. Uh, I'm just worried about their marriage. What, what yeah. happens if the marriage falls apart after Fantastic Four 2, uh, you know? Are we going to have to recast somebody for the remainder of the uh, series? Yeah. In the history of Fantastic Four, have Reed and Sue never separated? Oh, they have. Yeah, they oh, have. Well, we, can just, we can just do that. Do that. And make it, well, that kind of defeats the purpose. Well, if they if they uh, want to recast uh, Krasinski, they can just say he's, you know, d- plastic manning his face about. There you go. There you go. It's easy with a... Uh, what's that guy? Gruff? What, uh, shit. What's or they could Ian, just have, Ian McGruff uh, or whatever. <laughs> or they could just have, who's, what's his wife's name? Emily, uh, Emily Blunt. Just, it's just not hire her back and just, just if she's just invisible. Be invisible the whole time. Make yeah. her stuck in invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could just be talking to this, you know, air. It's a cruel metaphor on their, on their marriage. I like it. <laughs> we, uh, there was the, the people are, what people are saying about the Black Panther 2. Um, announcement and the font of uh, Wakanda Forever. Did you guys see that? <laughs> people, <laughs> people have too much time on their hands. So yeah. people, are, people are saying, you know, Black Panther 2, it's called Black Panther and then Wakanda Forever. You know, so Black mm-hmm. Panther is just a little, a little marquee at the top. But uh, they're saying, you know, it's, um, it's uh, silverish looking, um, like a brushed gunmetal sort of silverish looking uh, color and they're saying that well that means it's going to be dr doom which 
is a stretch. However, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is how However, bored the nerd community is. Oh, Lord. However, However. And, and PMR, you said this, uh, um, it would be really cool to have Dr. Doom appear oh, or right. debut yeah. in Black Panther because why? Because Black Panther debuted in Fantastic Four. There you go. So, so you could have actually had Fantastic Four maybe debut in Black Panther movie, or at least have a teaser with them, or Doctor Doom, or just Doctor Doom show up, and that would be cool. Like like uh, Latveria, you know, being like another sovereign sort of nation, and, and yeah. like kind of the differences in in Doctor Doom ruling his country versus Wakanda. And, you know, Wakanda's so technically advanced, you'd know that Dr. Doom would want to have access to their technology. I'm so, telling you, I, I guarantee you be, that they're going to have a teaser with the Fantastic Four in Wakanda. I think that's where they're going to – we're going to first see them at. Well, speaking of first seeing, uh, seeing a character uh, premiere again or seeing them return, apparently Anthony Mackie is back in the gym working on – coming into his next appearance as Captain America. And that movie still doesn't have a director or anything, so it's rumored that he's showing up again in another in another MCU oh. project of sorts. Um, or just trying to fill out that costume. Or just <laughs> trying to fill out that costume. Um, but any guesses on, on which one that would be? I thought maybe <laughs> Moon Knight. I honestly thought maybe Moon Knight. Maybe he's recruiting oh some no. adventure. I'm, I'm, I think... I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say Armor Wars because him and Don Cheadle had that moment in the first. That's true. Yeah, that and makes that, the most sense. And that movie and that show is about to go in production. I think in the next month or so. So yeah, that's true. If that's uh, a fair point. Yep. Well, never mind. I was wrong. That's way better. All right. Uh, anything else news wise? We have a, a bunch of stuff. We've got nothing. Nothing uh, exciting. One other that's somewhat. I mean, not exciting, but interesting at least. Uh. Apparently, DC is now um, – they're moving ahead with J.J. Abrams' uh, Superman film, and they're in the process of casting an African-American director and actor to star as Superman. As Kal-El. As Not Kal-El. As, Not as, as Superman. Specifically kal As Kal-El, yeah. So that, that's a big like uh, sort of revelation because the uh, – the, the, uh, what – I forget which Earth he's from, but the black Superman in the comics, who's actually the president on his Earth, uh, is not Kal-El. It's uh, like uh, uh, I forget which. But yeah, he's not Calvin. Kal-El. Calvin something, right? <laughs> no. You know what? It Honestly, is, isn't it? I mean, I just is I just it? wish they could just get a Superman movie right before they start going into you know, alternate universes and multiverses with Superman. It's like, can you get the main well, Superman right and then go into doing all those? The the other thing is this, there <laughs> probably isn't the alternate universe. Well, I mean, I guess it is, but it's an alternate universe from the Snyder universe, but it will be the Superman that's in the Robert Pattinson Batman universe. Yeah. Well, Wait a minute. I thought that's the one uh, Tom Welling wanted to be in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that just wants to be in. I I went on the internet the day this was announced. I went on Twitter, and from what I gathered, everyone does not like this decision. I mean, I didn't see, I think, one positive like, trending tweet about it that was overwhelmingly, po- overwhelmingly positive about the decision. 
to have Kal-El be no. made a black character. Yeah. I, I, I have no, I don't really give a shit. I mean, if, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. But I do see the problem. It's like you have a lot of black superheroes instead of giving them their own movies. Exactly. Instead of like, creating, instead of instead a- of using that character to to and creating a whole franchise based off them, you instead try to make more money, quote unquote, maybe, and just make a, a, a stereotypical white character black. And it's like this is, I don't think this is what Warner Brothers had in mind. But I do see where people are kind of like, this is kind of fucked up. This isn't this isn't what people are really asking for when it comes to representation. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Twitter Twitter had its own words to say, but I didn't see one positive tweet about about the the decision to make the movie. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea. I think you got you have like you said, Alex. You've got a lot of black superheroes out there that could be made. I, I mean, I I think you know, I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take counterpoint think, on this one. So oh, wow, okay. Uh, we got a new segment. Here's my thing. Here's my. Uh, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Like I want the best movie, the best actor for the role. Now, as long as it's true to Clark Kent and Kal El, as long as he was raised on a farm by Ma and Pa Kent and went to Metropolis and became a reporter for the Daily Planet, I'm okay with it. But if you go in and say. I'm not okay. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm like, I'm totally fine with it. But, you know, but if they go in and say, oh, well, the, the rocket crashed in the inner city and Ma and Pa Kent lived in, you know, some, you know, uh, uh, housing project, housing or, project, then, then, it, yeah, then it's not Kal-El. Then, then it's not no. Kal-El. They changed the origin and they might as well have just made a new character. Right. But, but if, if they stick to Clark Kent, and and his origin, the Superman origin story, and that sort of thing, Truth, Justice, the American Way, all that. I'm I'm okay with. I want the best actor for the role. I I don't you know I don't care what color the actor is for the role at that point. But if you're gonna if you're gonna change the origin story to try like then it, then it gets into well why didn't you just make it a different character? So yeah, I'm. I'm like, uh, I mean, if if, it, if they said Michael B. Jordan Superman, I'm fine with that. As long as yeah, they don't start tinkering with his origin story. I, I, I'll I agree with that. Um, but I still, I'd rather see a Cyborg movie or I'd rather see a, a John Stewart Green Lantern or any of that. I, I don't know. I, I see Twitter's point where it's like, eh, <laughs> this is, and again, but see, it, I think uh, at the end I, of the day, I, it's fiction. So it's like, I don't really care. I, I don't have a preference. <laughs> there you go. If the movie's good, the movie's good. No, I do. I, I, I disagree with all that. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I don't want to see a white Luke Cage. I don't want to see, I, I mean, these these characters have reason these characters are these characters. I mean, people, this is how they are. And we. the only reason we like live action movies is we like to see the most, you know, exact representation of our heroes on the big screen. And if they don't, look like them, whether they're white, black, whatever. If it's a white character and they turn them black, that's not the truest representation of what I've read. I you don't know, think it's... Vice versa. If, it, if it's a black character and they turn them white, why do you think everybody gets mad when they whitewash characters? I mean, you know, that's not what people want to see. They don't want to see... They want to see the truest representation of what they've read. Oh, I don't think that's. Let's see, I don't. I don't think, I don't think right that's either. I don't think that's necessarily true. Well, then why is everybody everybody hating on the idea? Then why would they? I mean, they've 
for throughout all of these movies, there have been changes to characters. Uh, Ghost, Ant-Man, the Wasp is a... But is that's a minor character. I, I'm not talking about my, you know, your, your Perry Whites. No one gives a shit. Your J. Jonah Jameson. Nobody gives a shit. But when you're talking about an iconic character, you know, people will care. I mean, people will get, we're like, mm, you know what? I, yeah, but... Uh, but- I don't want to see Luke Cage be white. I don't want to see no, like that's, Superman that's, be black. I don't, you know. I, here's I'm here's the point. Here, here's here's where I diverge completely from that. If if they'll if it if they tell me it's Kal El and it's Superman and it's the origin story and it makes sense, then I'm cool with it. Uh, because for one big reason, my kids don't care. My kids do not care. Like, and if it's a cool movie. And it's about Superman, and you tell them it's Superman, and Superman's black. They don't care. They would not care. They just want to see a good movie. And the flip side of that coin is, like, you've got when you talk about representation, you've got black kids that want to look up to people that look like them. And I get and, that. And Asian and kids, I truly like, get like, that. Wanna, they want to look up to, to people that look like them. So I like, truly so, get that. But you know what? Here's the thing. There are characters out there. You've got Icon. You've got yeah. you no DMR no, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, why does it why, it's a, but, but here's the thing. Why DMR, you it's fictional. A, I I get that, Alex, but I'm just saying, why are you taking a white superhero, you know, and make it they, they You're not you're you are not getting what I'm saying. You've got a you got a great you got a great African American superhero, and you're not doing it with anything with them, and it's like that's not fair. I mean, that build this superhero up. I mean, no one does anything. Why? Why are you? You don't think he can build this hero up? You've got to use this other hero. You know, build this guy up. Build. You know, do something with this hero. Let's. I would love to see an icon movie. You know why? Because I don't want to see another fifteen fucking origin story of superman again you know i mean it's the same origin it's the same stuff it's the same name it's every, you know it's like you not see i'd like to see an icon movie i'd like to see something different for a change i think that's why we're so burned out with all this stuff. i think you're right about that yeah aren't you the same PMR, pmr aren't you just the same one who just who wasn't interested in eternals or shang chi and is more interested in all the same stuff we've, that we've been getting but no, if you I'm don't want about, the, no, if no, you don't no, want no, the new no, stuff no. we're getting now, why why no. now do you want new I, stuff? I see what you're saying, but I'm burned out with the the fifteenth retelling of Superman's origin, or the, you know another Batman movie, and another you know I mean, it's like God, and now they're now it's going to be an alternate Superman where it's an African American character, and it's not you know let's <laughs> let's have this new character. Let's that's what DC's problem is is they keep going back. And trying to fix what they keep fucking up. It's like just accept that you fucked up and move on and continue to you know build your universe. You know you've got these characters, build them. You know add to their your universe and try to connect it. So what Marvel does, I mean, but no, we're gonna tell retell another Superman story. We're already got another Batman story in the work that everybody's all of a sudden don't really give a shit since the Justice League movie came out because everybody was wanting Bat Black again. <laughs> they all liked his performance. He no, was great. they no don't. Uh, Batfleck was the best. You have to admit. Anymore, he was cool. You know, right. nobody's won Robert Patterson 
uh, you know, it's like it was interesting at first, but I mean, I Tom Welling wants his good buddy Robert Pattinson to hire him, though. That's what oh, I'm saying. Uh, you know, and he's doing Tom an animated Welling thing. Let, let me ask you. Let me ask the group this: Has anybody? And I did look it up. It is Calvin. Calvin Ellis is the Superman that became president. No, um, what's his? What is the? What is his? I was thinking about like, what is his Kryptonian name? Well, there's another. I guess there's another one that's Val Zod. Yeah, from Earth Two, from New Fifty Two. So that's, I mean, does yeah. anybody know anything about the, either one of those? I guess. Um, yeah, Val Val Zod was a. I don't know anything about. I I like watched a couple of videos on the Earth Two New Fifty Two stuff. Now, now if you're if you're going to tell a new Superman, now you're going to give me a new Wait. Superman who's African American who's not. They're not trying to tell the same old right, Clark right. Kent story. I think I could, Peter Marshall still I, on the same rant. His phone just cut out. No, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no, no. I'm just saying if it's a different story, if it's a different character. I, Okay, I'd be interested in that if you're going to make right. a well, new character. And that's what I'm getting gonna, at, yeah. If you're going to say he's Clark Kent and we're going to retell the, rehash the whole thing, but now it's different because this time he's black. You right. know, it's like it's the same stuff. I but mean, but th- this is, uh, you know, this is where we'll have to, to move on because this has turned into a great geek debate, I think. But this is the exact opposite of what Brian's saying. So if you're saying – Give me a Clark Kent that was born in Smallville and all this kind of stuff. But PMR, it sounds like you're saying is, no, don't give me that. Give me something a little bit different. He's not Clark Kent. He's Calvin Ellis, and he's the president right. of the United States. Yeah, give me that. Give me that something different. I want to find, well, let me find out about him. You know what? You know. And, see, and I'm okay with that, too. I'm okay in both scenarios. What I don't want is them to come in and say, this is Clark Kent. Born in the projects of Metrop or uh, uh, crashed in the projects of Metropolis, like that's what I don't want. It, and I get it's, that. It, it's either it either is Clark Kent and everything happened before, or it's not Clark Kent. But like, I would like, and, and like you were saying before, that you know, there's children, you know, minority children that want to look upon, you know, someone that looks like them to be heroes. And DC and Marvel, to an extent, both have. Stuff in their library that heroes that do, and I always Let's, thought Icon was a cool character. And I here's thought, here's the know, thing. Here's the, here's the problem with that. That and, and all, the all, the mouse, all the mouse stuff. All the mouse. All the mouse characters are cool. Here's. Do you think that they could get an Icon movie pushed through production, or a Superman movie pushed through production? Well, there's a ca- there's a cachet I, with the name. I, I, and, I get what so, you're saying. So I get what you're saying. So, but if DC would have had their shit together, then at the end of one of these movies, you introduce an icon. You 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 show them, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, look, that's icon." You know, that's that. You know, and then you feature them in like nineties that everyone vaguely right. That, that's that's my point. Like, and so here's here's what you've got going on. You've got J.J. Abrams wants to step in. J.J. Abrams finds this concept interesting, and they're starting over with Superman. So you've got Superman and a producer that's uh, like like Spielberg, you know, compare comparable to that says, "Hey, I want to do it this way," and and if his reasoning is, you know. 
kids should be able to see heroes that look like them. That's all that need, that's that's what's going to get pushed through. He's not coming in saying, "Hey, you know what? I'd like to dust off the milestone catalog." So if he wants to do it, and and he's and he can make the movie successful and and build a franchise, why wouldn't you give him Superman? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right. <Well. laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm so burned out with the retelling of the same origin over and over and over. And I think if I'm burned out and I've been a fan for years, I can uh, imagine what everybody else is. I mean, you, I, I think that's part of some of the problem with all this. Well, let's uh, let's move a little bit past that and talk about someone else who was recently burned out. From from the from the impromptu great geek debate to the immemorial, it's, this is a somber episode of the Podmen, my friends. Uh, Tawny Katane, uh, video Man. vixen from the eighties uh, and Bachelor Party. Uh, uh, yeah, you no, know, I would say that back in the nineties, she was like one of my. She was a crush. I, I thought you were like, married back in the nineties. No, no, early nineties, like late eighties, early nineties, when the whole white snake stuff. Before I got married, the whole white snake stuff. So that was like eighty seven, eighty eight, and and I was just, I thought she was just. Nobody could ride around on top of a car. Like man, just, no one could. No one could hump a car around. like her, man. Jesus oh my Christ. God, Jesus Christ! But then, she, but uh, you know, then she hosted uh, America's Funniest Videos with Dave Coulier. 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 They hosted for a year or two, and uh, then she uh, she had a little problems with the law. She. Uh, Got married to a baseball player after she divorced Dave Covendale from White Snake. She she uh, married a baseball player and uh, she beat the shit out of him and got arrested for it. I didn't know we were getting her life story. Uh, a life well lived, yeah. I would say. <laughs> Take that, Olympia Dukakis. Yeah, uh, we barely mentioned about Olivia Dukakis's uh, substance abuse and. Uh, well, did Olivia Dukakis ride the, on a car's hood. Uh, we could only hope. All right, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll miss Tony Katane, I guess. Didn't she Do have a TV show? Uh, I don't think they've released it yet, have they? Irrelevance. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's speak, speaking speaking of irrelevance. Let's uh uh let's go to the movies. Why not go to the movies? Cuz we got something from Brian, I think. All right, Brian, uh, you were the uh, winner of the uh, streaming wheel last week. Uh, your chosen movie was THX 1138, early George Lucas movie. Have you have you ever seen it before, Brian? No, I have not. I All have right, not. what what did uh, what did you think of it? Well, uh, some fun facts before I get into my review. Yeah. The uh, THX 1138 was based off of his. Um, he did a short film in college and won some contests and kind of went around the circuit. And that's where 
and so he expanded it into a full feature in 1971. Uh, and it stars of note Robert Duvall and Donald Pleasance from uh, Halloween. Hmm. Right? Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Impressed have, so uh, far. Impressed so far. All right, so it's very... Terrible. It's it's a dystopian. Is it like this review? I know. It's I, I'm, well. I suggest you go watch it because it's it's hard to like encapsulate this film. So it's a dystopian future. Everyone lives underground. Um, they don't really volunteer that information. It kind of like uh, becomes apparent as the movie goes on what's going on. Um, but even then, like, you really don't understand the motivations behind the government, what they're trying to accomplish, that sort of thing. All you do is see it from one person's perspective, who is THX 1138. So in this future, you're not, you're assigned just a, a number and an abbreviate and a prefix. Um, and that's, that's your identity. He works, uh, in a lab that makes androids, police androids. So, um, what's inter- well, it's interesting, and I don't know, Brad, you've seen this, right? Uh, it's been years since I've seen it. I, w- I was going to try to watch it before the podcast, but I didn't. It, it starts with a serial of Buck Rogers, like the old like 1940s Buck Rogers serials at the beginning. Like It shows like two or three minutes of that, and I'm like, I, I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of giving me, I mean, this is going to come back later. This is going to mean something later. It didn't mean anything. I don't know why they showed like a serial. <laughs> well, he loved uh, serials back then, you know. Yeah, that's what yeah. He does. But yeah, like it showed this, and it's like, oh, okay, this, oh, man, this is gonna be no. Like uh, there was no reason for it, like whatsoever, other than maybe the contrast of, you know, Buck Rogers was gonna be a bright future, and this is the shithole that uh, that the world turned into. But um, so essentially, uh, they they have confessional booths where uh, they speak to, like, an electric Jesus and, and confess their sins. Um, the credits roll backwards at the beginning, which also – so right after the Buck Rogers thing, then the credits start rolling up in backwards order. So, again, I was like, well, maybe it's going to – there's going to be some time manipulation. Nope. No reason for it. Just He just decided he was going to do something different, apparently. Um, the movie's rated PG-13 – or PG – I would not watch this with kids in the room. So there was uh, plenty of nudity, uh, hologram nudity, and um, oh, hologram. Yeah, and so they're they're partnered with they're paired with a roommate, and so THX's roommate is a female, but Ooh. apparently the society doesn't want them to have roman- like be romantically entangled or anything like that. Uh, apparently, you know, everybody is genetically engineered. And so nobody, you know, has no one, you know, uh, um, no one wants to do it with Robert Duvall. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's true, too. That's true, too. Um, (laughs) But so uh, we see him at work. We see him uh, come back to his domicile. We see his roommate. Uh, They're given meds if they don't take their that they don't take their drugs, um, then they could go to jail for it. So they're is basically it, is that kind of like vaccinations or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They the want them all sedate. 
Interesting. Government vaccinations, yeah, yeah. So they, they want them sedated. They don't want them mating. They want them working their job. That's it. Um, so there's a, a scene very quickly on after he gets back to his uh, domicile. His roommate's in the other room. He's watching nude holog- holograms. And apparently there is a good something machine built into their television. Did you? Were you aware of this, Brad? <laughs> I don't remember that. but Yes. yes. But it sounds like and a I'll- future I'd like. <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, this can't. And then sure enough, like I looked it up on stuff and it's like, yeah, that, that's what that was. So it's he's watching these and you see this like pneumatic thing come down. It's like it is like going up and down while he's watching it. Wow. Oh, my. Um, again, this is a PG movie. Uh, it turns out that his roommate is cutting down on his meds. So, he's you know, the sedatives and stuff. So he's you know thinking for himself and feeling emotions, that sort of thing. They fall in love. She gets pregnant. The government finds out they're both sent uh, to separate prisons and a prison is not a prison it's just like a void they're in this void with just it's just white as far as you can see um he finally walks in one direction far enough long enough till he makes it out of this prison uh and there's a chase scene all through the complex that sort of thing he finds out that his uh roommate slash lover um he, he has the computer look her up and they look up her her designation, but there's a new number at the end. So, like, uh, it, that was their child. Her child was put into um, a fetal tube, and she was consumed. That was the word. So, essentially, what they were saying, uh, the way I took it was, it's kind of like the Matrix. They They take the body and use it, the proteins and that sort of thing, to feed the child. But the, his his roommate was consumed, and now the fetus had, get, had gained her designation. Um, then there's a, a very long police chase uh, in supercars, uh, and they assign a budget to collect to capture him. They're like, okay, w- the budget's fourteen thousand dollars. Well, the minute it exceeds fourteen thousand dollars, they call off the uh, the the search. And so he escapes and he gets back up to the surface and that's when the movie goes off. He's just standing on the surface as the sun's going down. So I'm not sure what points George Lucas was trying to make um, other than uh, maybe just like all all TVs need some fellatio machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is a great, it is a great pitch. It is a great pitch. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an art house film. Uh, there is some pretty impressive special effects considering it was done in 1971, right? But, yeah, I mean, Alex, you should probably watch it. You might take more meaning from it than I did, considering <laughs> that's what you're studying. But, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I know he's trying to say these things about society, you know, like, uh, they, that's why they created like this electron, this electronic savior. So you go in this booth and it's just pre-recorded stuff that it says to you in the confessional. So, um, but like, it says like the government's basically saying, Hey, we're going to be your, your religion. We, we want you sedated. We want you 
We don't want, uh, uh, you know, relationship entanglements. Um, everything's got a budget to it, right? Uh, so I guess it's like just anti-establishment, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like there could have been a little bit. I don't could know. Have been more androids. Yeah. There could have been. There should have been not this just generic, just this. You didn't understand like the uh, there was no bad guy. There was no other than just the generic society, what society was making them do or the way society had been built. You didn't understand what was the reasoning for any of it. You know what I mean? Like there was it was like, well, why are they building police robots just to police them? You didn't see any other jobs being performed other than his job. And right. So it's like, job. yeah, on the TV show. So it's like, what, what was the, you know, what was the society aiming to build? Just, oh, we need more. Ro- oh, we need him to build robots so the robots can can uh, watch over, can maintain order. That was like the only job was just building robots. So it was just, it was just I don't know. It was. It's okay. Uh, Alex, I'd be interested for you to see it, uh, especially that one scene. So, uh, oh, stick to that. it sounds like every, like every like director student I know at college, this is like the kind of film they want to make. Um, which is this weird sci-fi, I guess, movie. I don't know. This, this, this societal critique. Um, but I may watch it. I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny to see someone react to it. <laughs> I always heard it was weird as hell, and no one ever ever understood it. So I was like, "Oh, let's." Oh, I, uh, Brian upheld that. I think. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I've seen it many years ago. Like, uh, but maybe it's worth a view because I, the only thing I really remembered was the the white rooms, the prisons, and stuff like that. But nothing. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I didn't get it. I was too young to really get it. I guess. Well, if he's trying to make like a point about government and society and that sort of thing, he really didn't stick to landing. He, he, he asked a bunch of questions, but didn't really propose any sort of answers or, or you know, like it's just kind of, I don't know. Sounds like a know. poor man's brave new world. But so. All right. What, uh, what rating do you give it? I'll give it two. Like, uh, uh, somebody else may get glean a lot more meaning out of it than I did. For okay. me, it was just basically. Oh, I will say this: <laughs> the uh, um, I keep going back to this one scene, but it's very weird. The uh, the pornography that he's watching is like uh, African American, like tribal stuff, like. Very weird that like that was what they chose to put in there as that, but yeah, it's very very strange. And if I recall, uh, wasn't oh my god, who was the uh, who was the singer in uh, the Ewok Family Christmas where they had the the Papa Papa Smurf was watching uh, somebody like. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Diana yeah, yeah. Ross or somebody like that on the hologram. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there is a connection. But yeah, it was like tribal music and tribal dancing, and and like, and it flicks to like you know, uh, like an African woman and then an African man, and like, I, I don't know. It, it was it was a bizarre choice there too. 
I don't know if there was some sort of meaning there. So, (laughs) so a two meaning done, you don't have to worry about watching it really, basically. You don't uh, have to worry about watching it. A binary? Zero. Zero? Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. I think I'll skip it. Except for the uh, holographic porn. Uh, What do you have a. Well, if you watch that, just search on YouTube. Uh, what I, that scene, all right? All right. Uh, do you have a replacement for us on – that was on HBO Max, right? So on HBO Max. All right. So I didn't know. Has anyone watched The King of Staten Island? I have not. I have not. I have not. Oh, okay. It's going on the list. All right. I like it. I actually wanted to see that, so I wouldn't be opposed to – No, would not. be upset. See, I'm trying to pay it forward. I'm trying to put good stuff on the wheel. As opposed to stuff on it, I put Lisa Woman and Donna Girl. That looks like a good movie. Alex, uh, I, I put shit on there. Yeah, I, thanks. Yeah. I, I think half and half is fine. <laughs> I think half and half is okay. All right, so uh, all right, let me add that to the will here. I feel like I, I feel like I need to. I've seen so many dog shit movies. I don't want to be the only one who's seen them. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good point. I like that. Good point made. All right, so uh, Brian, I guess it's your turn to uh, give the will a spin and see who else uh, gets a shit movie. So give it a spin. Oh. And uh, long-time I mean, pod man, uh, not very much reviewing. Brad is actually uh, whoa, gets it this time. time. I, I think I've only landed on me once. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let me give it a spin see what movie it is. Come on, uh, King of Staten Island. Let's see here. Oh, we still have? No, no, we still. Okay, here we go. Come on, Rachel Woman, Donna Girl. Ah, gosh, it's almost like you predicted the future there, Podman Ron. Electro Woman what and Dino Girl for me. All right. I wanted to see who, uh, I wanted to see if anybody really liked that movie. Uh, all right. Well, I've got my, my work cut out for me to uh, watch it. I'll have to do a little bit of uh, a retro review of the original Electro Woman and Dino Girl there and see go, how these, uh, these YouTubers. Uh, Grace uh, Hildebrandt or whatever her name is, and some other chick. Were, the, were they YouTubers? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Very good. I'm I'm happy with that. I will uh, I will watch that and hope there will be some holographic pornography involved in it between Electro Woman <laughs> and Dino Girl. Can't, can't compete. Hey, don't that. forget your fellatio machine. I will not. <laughs> I will have that. Uh, I'll have that turned on. All right, so now let's. Uh, we've got a lot more, a lot more show to go. So don't, don't you people run off to get your, uh, <laughs> to get your Five Guys Burgers. You stay right with us because we're going to be talking about TV next. All right, in the TV world, we have a couple of new shows that uh, the Podmen were uh, somewhat divided on of who watched what. So uh, let's go with uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Uh, raise your hand if you watched it. Brian, you, and... I watched it. And Podman Ron. Yes. All right, what, <laughs> what did you think of The Bad Batch? Give, tell us who The Bad Batch are, because I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. 
All right, so the Bad Batch, I was waiting for PMR. The Bad Batch, uh, basically, um, Camino, where they were making all the clones of Django Fett, uh, they started experimenting. Um, and, and early on, they told the Empire, apparently, that they were they was just mishaps. But later on, they, they say, you know, somebody says the, the Caminos, the people, the, they don't, they don't make mistakes. They were doing this intentionally, but they went and messed with the genes, still Django Fett's genes, but manipulated it to get other attributes. So you've got one of the bad batch called Crosshairs and he's a, a, a marksman, right? You've got, uh, Hunter. Who's like a skilled fighter, a skilled fighter, and 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 uh, like natural leader. You've got uh, Tech, who's the, the the tech wizard of the uh, of the group, like the uh, uh, science scientific, you know, mechanic engineer, mechanical engineer guy. And then you've got um, Wrecker, who is like the brute. He's he's enhanced strength. Um. And so, and then you've got where the, there was an episode in Clone Wars where a uh, a clone named Echo, um, there was a, an assassination plot on um, Palpatine, and he foiled it. But when he foiled it, he got like badly injured, and they brought him back to Camino, and he had like he he's like Lobot. He has that like that web wired brain interface thing, but he's a clone with it. And so he's like the fifth member of the Bad Batch, but he's not, he was not genetically altered, right? So it starts, the episode starts at the, uh, as Order 66 is given. Uh, And we see um, they're on a mission with a Jedi and and her Padawan. um, And you find out, and so the Padawan's introduced, and it's uh, uh, Kanan. From uh, Rebels. So you see where Kanan's... And then uh, he goes off with the Bad Batch to, to uh, for part of the mission. And as they're leaving, Order 66 comes through. And you see the Stormtroopers turn on and kill his Jedi Master. So all that stuff was alluded to in Rebels. But you see it with Kanan, which is pretty cool. Because he's a kid at this point, right? Um, and they even used his, like... They called him Caleb. Like that was his name. His name is Caleb. Um, he became Kanan when he went on the run from the Empire and everything. But it was pretty cool seeing like the origin, his origin in the first episode. Uh, and then they all go back to Camino and they're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, why was orders? You know, why are all the clones turning on the Jedi? That sort of thing. And basically, the Empire had put had put chips in their brains that made them docile and follow orders. Huh. Sounds like THX a little bit, right? But um, the uh, that was why all the other clones followed the orders, but the Bad Batch resisted because their their uh, their genetics had been altered to where they didn't necessarily, you know, respond to the chip programming. And that's where we start. That's the that's who the Bad Batch is. And Podman Ron, did you get all of that? Are you a uh, follower of all the uh, animated series stuff? No, I, I am not. Um, so I didn't know, you know, that that Jedi kid Padawan was from Rebels. Um, um, I did. I did do some reading up on the second episode and found out that that guy there was a uh, what was the uh, 
this clone trooper that went AWOL. And uh, he's in the second episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know the whole story about all that. But what I, I do like this show. I like this show a lot. Not only because... You know, it ties into the old stuff because I'm a sucker for extended universes and everything being canon. But I also like it because this is like the first time we're seeing the empire forming. You know, we're seeing it, it, it rising out of the Clone Wars. It's, you know, the early days of the empire and how they kind of took over after Revenge of the Sith. And uh, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I, it's, been, it's kind of been uh, fun to watch. So well, you know, you you've got these these guys, this this bad batch, this team, but you've got around them the Empire. So you kind of got kind of like two stories going on. So it's very interesting. Well, and so essentially, what happens in the first episode is they sit. They don't know uh, Tarkin shows up. Grandma Tarkin shows up, and uh, Tarkin yeah. is aware of the bad batch because he was around during that whole uh, where Palpatine was uh, the assassination attempt on Palpatine. And so, um, but he knows there, so he's trying to investigate him. He thinks there's something up with them. So he actually sends them on an assassination mission and puts a, po- a probe droid on them. And then when they don't kill the, the, uh, uh, the rebels, the resistance, um, and we see Saw Gerrera there. Um, but, uh, when he doesn't, when they don't kill them and let them leave, then, then they go on the Empire's like, you know, kill list. There's an orders put out to kill them. Um, we're also introduced, and this is going to be the, the big interesting piece. Um, we're introduced to a little girl on Camino that. And here's where it goes off the rails. <laughs> mm, I don't think you know why though. Or I, I, I don't, uh, I think you're about to do a 180 or potentially going to do a 180. So, uh, you see a little girl, she's blonde headed. Um, she, uh, is an assistant and everybody's like, what's up with her? She's like one of the medical assistants. But she's like, you know, 12 years old. Mm. And uh, they're, t- they're talking about the five um, members of, or the five clones that were altered. The five clones that were altered. And it, it, late in the episode, somebody realizes they're like, Echo wasn't altered. Echo was injured. The fifth clone is the girl. Yeah. So... They all, when when they get greenlit by the Empire, they all have to make this escape. Crosshairs actually turns on the team, uh, and so he'll probably be the the big bad of season one, right? But uh, Crosshairs leaves them. Everybody else escapes uh, um, Kamina, and that's the way the episode ends. But it's important to, like, uh, kind of... They're introducing a character, and the question is, who's she a clone of? Is she a clone of somebody that we know, right? And so, Alex, are you familiar uh, with uh, Satine Kreis? Yes, I am. Who is Satine Kreis? Satine Kreis is Obi-Wan Kenobi's little crushy crush uh, that he really was into and that uh, basically he was in love with. And she was killed by Darth Maul on Mandalore when... uh, yeah, and Darth Maul. She was, yeah, she was the leader of Mandalore for a short time, yes, and her was. sister is uh, Bo-Katan. Bo- yes, Bo-Katan from uh, um, Mandalorian and such. So we have an Obi-Wan 
series coming up, TV series coming up, we have his his former lover. This girl looks just like her as a child, and even wears like a like a uh, satine. Christ, she wear these elaborate like you know almost like Padme sort of like uh, headdresses, and she's wearing like a, like a like a crown sort of headdress thing through the whole first episode. So the thought is, at least my thought is uh, that. This is a clone, and she's Mandalorian, right? So it's she's a clone of Satine Christ. It could be a situation where after Satine was killed, they took her, they had her DNA. It could also be Satine was pregnant when she was killed, and they cloned the fetus because they realized it was a Jedi's child. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Still, I still hate her. I, I, I always hate when they interject a kid in, in stories. It's like, and they're, you know, they're trying to be all cutesy, and they're like, you know, I'm brave, and I don't know. I, I cannot stand these when they stick a kid in it. But how long have you been saying Obi Wan's daughter, Obi Wan's kid, Obi Wan's? Yeah, you're daughter. right. But when it was Ray, it was cool because Ray was a cool character. But no, she was. She was. She was a very cool character. But, but it was a very cool that had nothing to do. 11-year-old is just... Uh... Alex, did any of this occur to you when you were watching it? I haven't even watched it. Oh, that's right. You haven't watched it yet. That's right. That's yeah, right. I haven't watched it. So I would, like to, I would love to get your opinion on this since you've watched... Since the two of us have watched Clone Wars and yes. GMR has not. So. That's a pretty cool theory. I mean, I've seen images of the little girl, but I, I she does look like Satine... Um, Satine was a, I remember, I'm, I love Satine, so, um, RIP Satine. Yeah, so, it could, either way, it, it, it'll probably involve Obi-Wan before it's all said and done, because Obi-Wan's, it's either going to be his daughter, or it's going to be the de facto daughter of the woman that he loved. Yeah. So, so, so Alex, are you, uh, I'm, I'm still not convinced I will watch it. But uh, I, I, I may try to catch up. Okay, we'll see if All I right. like the first episode. Two was weaker for sure, but the interesting part about episode two is what PMR was saying because it, it shows you how the Empire took control. Basically, they said, "Okay, you can swap your your Republic credits for Imperial credits, just to even swap a one to one swap." But so they they got the money changed immediately. Like everybody had to start swapping the credits over to Imperial, but to spend your credits, you had to have a uh, you had to register with the Empire. So you had to basically show your thumbprint and use Imperial credits to pay for anything, including transport off of your planet or whatever. So that's how that's how they basically immediately locked everybody down was with the money. Is your money still good as long as you turn it into imperial credits? Oh, but you also have to register to get your money swapped to imperial credits. We need you to register. Yeah, that so was really that was the, that was really cool. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this part of the show. And I, you know what? And all the characters, other than the girl, is really good. I mean, they're really cool characters, and it's a it's a it's a cool idea. It's a cool concept, and. Uh, yeah, I, I would give this a four. The only reason I don't give it a five is that character's annoying. All right, and Brian, what do you think so far on this series? 
Uh, I'll give it a four too. I would probably lean closer to a five, but the second wow. episode was weak. Like the, the second episode. Yeah, you're they, right. You're right about that. And yeah. somebody said online, like they did this whole like because basically the girl's name is Omega. They call her Omega. He was going to let her go off with the clone that went AWOL. And they basically got her on the ship and everything. And she would have had siblings and, and two parents and that sort of thing. And she decides, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay with the Bad Batch. She only been with him for like a day and a half. So it was like uh, it didn't they did this whole like father daughter thing, but they hadn't really paid their dues to do it. This would have been much better if it was episode eight, but it was the second episode. It, it was it just felt wonky. So, yeah, I'll give yeah it. I, I agree with you on that. All right. From uh, from Tatooine to Jupiter. Uh, who watched uh, Netflix Jupiter's Legacy? I have watched uh, it all. Wow, <laughs> you've watched all of it. I mean, was that is that just a movie or is that a? It's like eight episodes, I think. Eight episodes. Eight yeah, episodes. I've seen about half of it. Uh, yeah. I, well, did, they, did they all drop at once? Yeah, yeah. It's Netflix. Okay. It was good. I thought. Um, yeah, again, nothing. It's not going to show you anything new in any superhero stuff. There's, you know, a, a super. Uh, I guess like a. Eventually, it tells you how they get their powers and all that kind of stuff. But you know, a bunch of superheroes and they're old. They're all old now, and they have offspring. And some of the offspring are good, and some of them are indifferent, and some of them are bad. And that's that's where the hilarity ensues, right there. So it's a little bit of Kingdom Come type uh, yeah. feelings. Um, uh, so, but uh, you know, overall, so far it's fine. But it's not anything that uh, I have to watch. I just kind of put it on and let it go when I was going about my day. I wish there's some cool stuff that happens towards the end. I mean, it's it's pretty you know cookie cutter for the yeah. most part. Yeah. The first four or five episodes. When you get to like episode, well, seven episode seven and eight are, are where stuff really starts to take a turn. Are um, there any twists? There's twists. Uh-oh. Do you want me to share them, Brad? <laughs> uh, no, 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 we'll, no, we'll no, hold on no, to no, it no, just because no. the other guys haven't seen any of it. Um, a big theme of it is, though, code, right? Uh, Utopian's code about no killing. Right? Right, yeah. Brad, I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's a big, like, uh, it's a big issue. That um, And that's kind of the Kingdom Come thing where it's like, you know, King, uh, the next generation, they don't, they're like, why can't we kill? Like, these same people keep coming back. They keep murdering people. They keep, like, trying to take over the world. If you had squashed this 30 years ago, the world would be better off today. So that's, like, a lot of the, like, the uh, the uh, opposing uh, mindsets. I feel like Utopian never really explains well why he has the code about no killing, no ruling. Like they won't get involved in like a pol- in like government policy and they won't kill. Um, but I, I feel like they could have made a better explanation of this. Is uh, he does say at one point, um, you know, if if we kill and we start meddling in politics, it's going to turn into a monarchy. Like like people are just gonna. I mean, nobody nobody could stop us if we have an opinion on any of this stuff. And and there's a lot of people that'll just say, hey, well, we we want this utopian to run run the world. So like that's part of his resistance of it. 
I feel like the the better explanation would be because they live so long, right. they can't kill because it, they would at that point it would lose they'd lose their humanity. Like if they were making those type of decisions and they were killing and that sort of thing, then yeah, then they would. They're not human anymore. They're not human anymore. So by not killing and having these rules and having these codes means that they're going to – that's them holding on to their last vestige of humanity. Because if they start – because if they let go of that, then truly they are just gods. And and they're not – you know, there's there, there's no point in, in – the, they will just be rulers. It would not – they would no longer be heroes. They would be completely detached. Uh, and, and honestly – Again, like I thought that early on, and there's something that happens at the end where I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense with what I thought early on, but they never like they never like connect them. So uh, I, when you guys get to episode seven, there's some stuff that happens, uh, and I, I, I wish you guys some, you know you'd made it further along, Brad, because I'd like like I would love for you to if you see that what what. If you make the connection that I made. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't remember what episode I fell off on, but I, I, I will finish it since I'm halfway through it. It's, I mean, it's a slog to get through um, some of the episodes. Uh, when you get, uh, they took too long getting to where they ended up in episode eight. Uh, episode eight should have been episode four. Right. Like there should have been that shouldn't have been the big climax. That should have been like the revelation in episode four. And then we had like the back half of the of the the season. But flip side of the coin is Netflix bought the Millar verse. And so this was their, you know, replacement for Marvel. I'm sure they're going to try and milk it for as long as possible. Yeah. And, and so that you're right that this is Millar world or Millar verse or whatever, but this is the same universe as invincible or no, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's Robert Kirkman. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought that was Mark Millar as well. Okay. Cause again, yeah, I mean, you talk, Podman Ron, you talk about getting superhero burned out is, you know, in the, uh, this year, I guess, whatever, you know, we have Lois and Clark where, you know, we have a Superman and, you know, he's passing on his his uh, strength and everything to his sons and all this kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't think anybody still watches that. Uh, well, just, but but yeah, similar type themes. And same thing with Invin- Invincible. You know, again, Invincible, uh, Omni-Man or whatever is we were we believe is a bad guy and everything but we didn't know what a you know it's, it's sort of like okay this you know superman teaching his son how to do stuff and now in this uh jupiter's legacy is superman teaching his son how to do stuff type stuff so it's like okay i get that theme let's why don't we actually sh- uh, fight bad guys how about that for a superhero movie or a show why don't we ever do that anymore? Yeah, what's interesting is there's really only one bad guy that shows up in the whole series or the whole season so far. So <laughs> it, the rest is it, just their anxieties and neuroses. Yeah, now it is cool. <laughs> it is cool because the uh, it starts back in the Great Depression. So like that's how old they are at this point. They they were like adults in the Great Depression. Um, there's six of them. Basically, that that's their Justice League. Uh, but it's utopian. Lady Liberty, uh, 
is it mind wave? What's Walters? Yeah, brain, brain wave, mind wave, something brain like wave. that. Brain wave, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, are the big three. Um, and then, you, and then uh, Utopian has a son and daughter. The daughter is just like a druggy supermodel. She has powers, but she doesn't want to use them. And the son is uh, Paragon. So like a Paragon of Virtue. So Superboy is Paragon. Um, uh, Utopian is the Superman. So yeah, and, yeah I'm gonna yeah. watch it. I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna yeah. I, I kept seeing it up there, but I don't know what I was thinking. I'd forgotten all about this. So I'm gonna I may even watch an episode tonight. Yeah, you'll you'll love a gray haired Leslie Bibb. There you go, man. That's all right. You'll recognize her. You've seen her. She's the reporter from Iron Man 1. Okay. Her claim to fame, a reporter in Iron Man 1. Yeah, I remember her now. I remember her. I remember. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I will give it a... uh, I'll give it a a three, just because... Yeah, give it a watch. Yeah. like I said, it's, it's only eight episodes, and they, they kind of vary the length. Some of them are like 38 minutes, right, some yeah. are 45 or whatever. Uh, but they seem to kind of go pretty quickly. Um, again, I'm not saying that it was engaging storytelling the entire time, but it kind of went through pretty quickly. I, I, the thing that, as Brian said, I think the thing that makes it a slightly more interesting is the time jumps. It's where we see them when they don't have their superpowers and the – right before the market crash and the depression. And then we see them with the do and all that stuff. So that makes it uh, slightly more interesting. Yeah. And the fact that like to you, what you said, they, they there's one episode that was like 35 minutes. It's like, and hey, we don't have much to say this episode, so we'll let you out early. Like I appreciate that. Right. Just making it drag on. So. Oh, great. Look forward to it. You just gotta, you've got to get to episode seven and eight. I mean, that's that's the whole point. You've got to get it to the end. Seven and eight, like it just sets up season two, which we'll end up waiting a year for. So it's like you're 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 rushing through some of this stuff. It's like okay, we get it to get to episode seven and eight, and then it's like okay, well now now that I'm actually interested, I got to wait a year. Right. Right. So. All right. Well, there oh, you go. I'll, gi- I'll give it a I'll give it a three as well, Brad. Okay. Not high marks on this. Not high marks at all. Um. All right. Well, something that we should get into because I know Brian, you've been waiting to give some high ro- uh, marks for uh, a new segment that we want, right? Oh yeah. Do we have music for it yet? Uh, I think so. I think I have it loaded here. Let me see if I can get this. Uh, Get this going. <laughs> All right, there's the theme song, the theme the intro music. What? So what was that? That's that's a new segment. Let's. Just... It's time. For, All right. <laughs> it's time for Brian's. What's the name of the segment, Brian? A masterclass in poor filmmaking. All right. All so right. we we heard okay. a preview of this before it became an official segment of Jaws for the Revenge. 
so Brian, you found and a, Superman three and Superman three. Did. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you've watched a lot. Alex, you think you've watched a lot of bad movies? I think Brian has uh, outdone it a little bit with his bad movies. I'm doing it for the people. You are doing it for the people. Uh, before we go into the uh, announcement, let me just play a little intro here, okay? What is this uh, master class in poor filmmaking that you've uh, that you've delved into? Well, a couple weeks back, at, while watching the Mortal Kombat film, I said, "You know what? There was another fighting arcade or video game movie in the early '90s, and it's probably worth another watch." And so I decided to watch Street Fighter the movie, starring John Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. Wow. All right. I mean, you can't ask for better casting than that. <laughs> and this was, uh, well, you, you tell us. You tell us about the uh, behind the scenes of this movie. All right. So the budget for the film, and this is a very crucial, a lot of what you're going to hear may harken back to the mistakes that were made with with Jaws 4. So, uh, but the budget for this film was $35 million. Uh, when, and Capcom, who owns Street Fighter, uh, was heavily involved in the development of the film, and they wanted a Christmas release date. So that gave just approximately a year to complete the film from when from when it went into production, much like Draws 4. They hired director Steven D'Souza, who had never directed before, but wrote some of the biggest movies of the 80s and early 90s. So, would you do you know which would you take a guess at what film Steven D'Souza wrote? Dolls Four. <laughs> I have no idea. I was, um, I, I was going to say a Lethal Weapon or something like that. Oh, you're close. He wrote Forty Eight Hours. Oh. A, another Forty Eight Hours. <laughs> the Running Man. Oh. Commando. Oh. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh. Die Hard 1 and 2. Oh. The Flintstones film. Oh. Hudson Hawk. Oh. And he wrote uh, a majority of uh, uh, several episodes of V and Knight Rider in the 80s. Oh. Yeah, he was, he was man. That was Mr. 80s right there. He wrote, I mean, that's a lot of properties that he worked on, right? I can so, go wrong. He's got a 50 50 shot on the, from the sound of it. He, his, so, batting, his batting average is 50. 50 50. <laughs> it's 50. He'll one up, one down. Yeah. That's when they asked him for the sequel. So, um, <laughs> the, it, he was a director, or he was ne- he'd never directed before, but he was written. He had writ- uh, written several, and so he was going to be the writer and director of this. 
Um, and he, when he pitched Capcom, he had sh- uh, shaved it down to seven characters to focus on. Uh, we don't know what seven they were because Capcom became, uh, they agreed. And as soon as it went in production, they said, well, we need you to add these two. And then we need you to add these two. Oh, we need you to add these two until, and this is after street fighter two was released. So by the time it was all said and done, there was about 14 main characters in this film. The only person from the video game that they left out was Fei Long, which was like the Bruce Lee, um, amalgam, right? Uh, so now we talked about the, uh, budget was $35 million for this film. They signed, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Guile, which Guile was not the main character in the video games. It was Ken and, uh, Ryu, but because it was going to be a U.S. film, they wanted to focus on a U.S. character. So what do you do? You hire a Belgian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And you put a you put a U.S. Uh, flag uh, tattoo on his shoulder, um, and you make him a colonel in the uh, the UN, but it's called the AN, the Allied Nations. So um, now, thirty five million dollars was the budget. Would anyone like to take a guess what John Clyde Van Damme's salary was? I'll, I'll go for twenty. Uh, not quite that high. Oh, about $10 million? $8 million. So of their $35 million budget, Jean-Claude Van Damme got $8 million. And Paul Junior got cancer and died. He just did this for his kids. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Hey, don't steal it. So um, Jean-Claude Van Damme was apparently coked out of his mind during filming. And his he himself has said he was spending upwards of ten thousand dollars a week on cocaine. Good lord! So I went ahead and, and calculated it for the uh, the cost of inflation. That would be in today's dollars eighteen thousand eight hundred and seventy nine dollars a week in cocaine. Good lord! And he and he, he, he still he still delivered his lights, right? He I mean, still delivered his lights. I mean, he was, it, it was so bad, the studio hired. Just next month, and asking for 50 billion, 100 billion. That's how much he wanted for his coke habit, 100 billion dollars. You've lost your balls. Colonel Guile, deliver these instructions to your troops, then consider yourself relieved of your command. Wow. So good, good lines there, right? Good lines. Well written. Well written. Um, but yeah. So uh, the studio, it was such an issue, the studio hired a wrangler to keep him from partying. But the handler, the handler was so starstruck, he ended up partying with Jean-Claude Van Damme virtually every night. Jean-Claude Van Damme would not roll onto set until about noon, apparently, when everyone else was there at like 7 a.m. Um, I found this interesting as well. He was a pro... Now, uh, Street Fighter came out in 93. The Mortal Kombat movie came out in 94. Mortal Kombat, the video game, styled Johnny Cage after Jean-Claude Van Damme, even doing the split, like, nut punch that he does in Bloodsport, right? Um, but he, they couldn't, Mortal Kombat couldn't get him because he had already signed to do Street Fighter. Uh, so that's what... Yeah, so Mortal Kombat missed out, even though they built the whole character in the video game around him. 
So that's one half of this dynamic duo of this film. Because this film is really, even though there's 14 like main characters, it's really about Bison, played by Raul Julia, and Guile, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Raul Julia, right before filming started, um, was diagnosed with stomach cancer and had to have emergency surgery before filming started. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, that's mean. To the, point, to, to the point that Raul Julia, they had to um, film his scenes out of order because he was so emaciated. They had yeah. to do the fighting scenes first and then the dialogue scenes later after he put weight back on. But because they had to flip the schedule that way, there was really no time for fight training or choreography, like to be worked out for the scenes. So the so the Street Fighter scenes or, or the fighting is is pretty mediocre in most of the fights. Um, that being said, Raúl Julia is a national treasure. That guy made this movie. 1,000 times better than it ever should have been. Oh. Pretty like eight-up scenery. I mean, he... he just, but it was, inter, it was entertaining is what I've, I've heard. It was Correct. I'm sorry. Because of that. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. Just another, just another day, Bison. The day Bison came to your village and killed everyone was the was most, the most important day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Yeah, that's a great line. That's a great line. That's a great line. You know, um, Raul Julia, always, I only seen a few movies that he was in, but wouldn't be in the Adams family, the first one, but uh, he was a really good actor, and it, it was really tragic. He died at such a young age, and it was really, really tragic that this was his last movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it really sucked. Uh, yeah. Raul Julia is fantastic. This movie's worth watching just for his performance and the lines he gives. And what it is, it's you've got Raul, Ju Raul Julia and you've got uh, Stephen D'Souza writing the, the, the script. So you've got well-written dialogue, at least for him. Right. You've got, then you've got this, this you know, re really good actor that – and I'm going to make it like we're going to make an analogy towards the end uh, when I make my pitch for why you should see this film. Um. But some other stuff that I kind of discovered during this, uh, everyone thinks that Ra that his name is Ryu, uh, R-Y-U, one of the main characters in the video game. But apparently it's Ryu is the way it's pronounced, R-E-E-O-O, -O, like Ryu, Ryu. Um, but the reason everyone thinks it's Ryu is because the actor in this film that played Ken couldn't say the name right. And they were running so behind schedule, they just gave up. And just let him keep calling. Let him keep calling Ryu. And but now, flash forward to today, you know, twenty-seven years later, everybody calls him Ryu. So kind of that zeitgeist sort of moment. Um, 
the film was uh, was made in Thailand, and they had lots of issues with actors. This is why they ran behind. They had ex- issues with actors and crew uh, falling ill from local food. Um, and then they also ran behind and had people that were late to set, that sort of thing, because they uh, many of the uh, crew members and actors discovered uh, one of the, the best benefits of being in Thailand, uh, the healing abilities of uh, their massage parlors. Ah, nice. <laughs> nice. And, and their, the, 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 uh, how little the massage parlors cost. So part of the reason it fell behind is because specifically nobody would show up at set on time because they were, they were at a, 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 a Taiwanese massage parlor all the time. Now, about uh, halfway through the shoot, Thailand had a major brownout, and it caused the film to go to run 15 days behind, behind uh, um, schedule. So they packed everything up and went to Australia to film the rest of the film. Um, also Thailand and because they filmed fighting stuff before they did dialogue, Thailand, they were originally going to have a, an air strike over M. Bison's, um, fortress and Thailand said, Nope, you're not, you're our airline or our, our, uh, you cannot get, uh, you know, put any planes over in the air over our airspace. So they had to change it to a boat attack. Uh, <laughs> So, oh my uh, god, a boat attack! A boat attack instead of a plane attack. Um, when they ran, when they ran behind, Stephen, uh, uh, the director Stephen D'Souza, uh, he had to split up into two crews to get everything filmed. So he took the stunt coordinator and made them the B crew, and had them film the fights while he focused on dialogue and, and other pieces of the film. Uh, and um, it turned into another fist fight. Apparently, when the the B unit turned in their footage, it was missing all the special moves because the, the Capcom had said had to be in the film. And apparently, there was a fist fight that broke out between D'Souza and the uh, the uh, stunt coordinator. And D'Souza had to go back and refilm all these special fi- all the special moves and edit them back into the fights because the stunt director refused to do it because he said they looked cheesy. Um, let's see. Okay, so this is where it gets really, the, like, where the stuff really starts to unravel. So they're already running behind on the film. They're, they've already had to move locations because of Thailand. Thailand's already told them they can't have the airstrike. Um, they submit the film to the uh, MPAA for, for, uh, to get its rating, and a couple of weeks before, there was a school shooting, which at the time, in the early 90s, that was a much more rare occurrence than it is today. And it had, it was a very, they, they said, it's a very clean cut. The article I read said it was a very clean cut. There was a little bit of blood and stuff, but because it was marketed to children and there was fighting and there was blood, the MPAA came back with an R rating for the film. So they had to go back, reshoot again, and make additional edits to submit. This time, when they when they submitted the film for the second time, it was they had cleansed it so much, the MPAA gave it a G rating. <laughs> wow. 
So, oh my god. So now they're trying to hit the sweet spot, right? They don't want to put out a G-rated action film. So that's why they added um, a line from Rob, uh, from John uh, Claude Van Damme where he says, I'm getting too old for this shit. They put that line in specifically uh, so, so that it, they would bump it back up to a PG rating. Because they had no time left. They had a plan. Um, they had a plan. Yeah. yeah. They had a plan. So uh, the... Uh, Brad, do we have any other clips? We play? Yeah, we got a lot of clips. Uh, let me just—I'll uh, I'll play one, and you tell us where this uh, where this occurs. This is General Bison. Our defenses are locked onto you. Identify yourself. This is the collection agency, Bison. Your ass is six months overdue, and it's mine. Kyle, alive? Of course. His death was designed to ingratiate his spies with you. I guess you didn't see that, did you? Uh, some more great acting there between the the two greats. Um, it's it's really a collision course. <laughs> they are heading characters. to a collision course. Yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, Guile fakes his death early on in the film. That's when uh, when M. Bison just realizes that he's that he's still alive. But that the line again, a great line. It's the collection agency. Your ass is six months overdue, and it's mine. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's good writing oh. right there. That is good that is, writing. That's, that's good. That's a very good line. Something wrong, Colonel. Come here prepared to fight a madman, and instead you found a god? Yeah, Bison kind of takes off and... Uh, uh, he does something with a bunch of TVs and he starts flying toward the end, right? Yeah, he just flies towards the end. <laughs> uh, it's funny, he's got his little flying, like, hovering chair thing, but the control panel is the Capcom. It's a joystick with the six-button configuration, like Street Fighter's ah, uh, control deck little, on the video. Little Easter egg there. Yeah, but another great line. You came here to fight a madman and instead, and instead you found a god. Come on. That's, that's good. The 80s dialogue delivered in the 90s. That's a fantastic... You still refuse to accept my godhood. Keep your own god. In fact, this might be a good time to pray to him. For I beheld Satan and he fell from heaven. <laughs> He's really pushing it here. <laughs> oh <God. Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> Even his screams are right. You're off the air. You're off the air, Bison. Yeah, because he knocked him into television monitors. So, uh, yeah, yeah. For I beheld, Sa- or, uh, I beheld Satan, and he fell from heaven like lightning. And then he shoots lightning out of his fingers. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure, Alex. Are you still with us? Yeah, that's what I, thought. I was going to ask that's Alex if he's actually seen Where this did movie. He go? <laughs> wow. So anyway. Uh, Last couple things. If you're watching this film, uh, people were mad that uh, Ryu did not do the Hadouken. He does. 
But again, it's one of those things where the it was filmed with at a three quarter angle, so so the the guy in the foreground is blocking most of the shot when he does it, and they couldn't do the special effects because they're running behind schedule. So now the the, the there's just a, a, a flash like uh, on the screen when it happens, but it's like a whole the whole screen flash like they edited and put in a, a white cell and they edited it back together. Because again, they 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 couldn't get the special effect in, but the Hadoken is technically in there. Um, and uh, one other thing, they wanted Fabio to play uh, Vega in the oh. film. But uh, uh, the eight million dollar budget, yeah, kind of sank that. So now, like, should I watch this movie? Bro? I'm almost there. I'm almost there. So this was not a bomb though. This film on a thirty five million dollar budget. It made $99 million at the box office and an additional $75 million in VHS sales. Damn. So this was a moderate hit. Was um, there a part two? There was, well, actually, there, there kind of was. The, uh, it got a 10% Rotten Tomatoes and 20% by viewers. Damn. And I'm going to tell you, the viewers are wrong. If you go, I, I say watch. I will give this movie a four. Wow. A four out of five. Primarily on Raul Julia's performance. Just his speeches. But about halfway through the movie, I realized it, it's a comedy, not an action movie. Like, so if you go in saying this is going to be an action film or, or it's going to be blood sport or it's not, it's, it is a comedy. It's based on a video game. It is a comedy. And honestly, the closest comparison I can make to this movie is Batman, the movie from 1966. Damn. That if you, if you go in saying, all right, this is going to, I love Batman 1966. This is going to be in that same sort of campy, uh, you know, over-the-top lines, campy action, you know, silly sets, that kind of thing, you'll really enjoy it. All right, well, I'm going to give it a try, and then I'll, I'm going to watch it. Is there a place where he can watch this without buying it? Yeah. Yes, you can watch it on Peacock. Wow, perfect. Okay. Watch okay. It for free I'll watch it. I'm going to give it a shot. I've always, I've always heard that Raul Julia's uh, performance was over the top, but the best thing about this movie, and uh, you know, so I've always kind of wanted to see it. So it's easily the best thing about the movie. But this, the flip side of, of him, there's something else about him and and being the foil of Jean Claude Van Damme that is also like both like ridiculous and, and kind of perfect. So it's. Uh, and you've got all the supporting characters, kind of like you did in the Batman movie. You know, you've got Sagat, you've got E Honda, you got uh, you know Ken Ryu, Cammy Chun Li. It's uh, it's I'll say it, it's very similar to the Batman movie from 1966. All right, go, going in with that right attitude kind of uh, helps adjust the expectations there. Correct, but right. I'll, even though this is a masterclass in poor filmmaking. Yeah, you I, I love still it. Give it a four. Okay. I still gave it a four. All right, perfect. All right, I'm going to look into it. I'm going to definitely look into it. You look at you look into it. Looking look into, into it. it. You look into it now, uh, Alex. Do we have you back yet? 
You know, in all fairness, he got up like a. He only got like three hours of sleep because the girlfriend went back today. So, good riddance to her. Maybe we can get (laughs) Alex back to the podcast. So he was pretty tired. He helped us in the yard today. So yeah, he's uh, he's pretty tired. All right, girls, girls mess everything up. That's for sure. Uh, Very true. Uh, I, I think that's about it. That's all I have. Alex was going to give oh, us uh, Harry Potter's reviews, but... Uh, shit. Wait, was I on mute that entire time? Oh, yeah. Great. Now <laughs> now yeah. he's back. Right at the end, just to say, so save it for the podcast. I've Alex been trying Hunter. to talk this entire time. Ah, damn it. Well, uh, that's awkward. Anyway, uh, save it for the podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do we or do we should we end it here? I I yeah. Uh damn. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> we you can save your Harry Potter reviews for another week, you think? Yeah, I can I can save that. I still need to finish them, so you know. All right. So you you watch your Harry Potter. I'll watch my Electro Woman and Dinah Girl. Uh, and maybe a bad batch and you guys uh Podman Ron and uh, Alex need to watch a Jupiter's Legacy. If you can stay awake for it. Definitely. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll I, I think it's too close to uh, uh, Alex's bedtime now after he got rid of the old lady and uh, worked in the yard. It wears you out, I'm, doesn't it? I'm off. I'm so tired. God. Yeah. Now you know why I fall Golly. asleep in 15 minutes into a movie. I'm asleep. Yeah, that's why I got to listen to my wife yell at me all the time, cut the lawn, do this, and then I get in a quiet room in the dark. Yeah, I'm going to go to sleep unless there's a TV that can autoflate me, but that's about it. <laughs> yep, that's, I, that's what I need. I need an, uh, a fellatio uh, TV TV system. That'll really. I mean, that that's a smart TV. That'll get that'll that's get what you the call blood a smart pumping. TV. That's what you call a smart TV. That's called that's that's exercise and entertainment all that's in good. one. All in one. All right. Well, tell me, <laughs> I don't care about 4K or 8K, Samsung. Give me that feature. Yeah, give us that. I'm sure they have that. They're very smart over there in, in Korea. They yeah, they've got all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, you know VR. Anyway, um. all right. Well, we'll talk about that. But until next time. Save it for the Fellatio Podcast. <laughs> oh, that's a podcast I listen to.